Welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. We are finally discussing House of the Dragon, or as I was just telling Jordan, a coworker got me calling it Hot D, which is funny, in my opinion. <laughs> We've been talking about it a lot on our own free time, and so it's exciting to finally get our thoughts recorded for everyone to hear. But first, we have a lot of TV news, actually. I'll go first with one I'm very excited about and was just released today. Jonah Hill directed this film for Netflix um, where he's, like, interviewing his friend and therapist, Phil Stutz. And they're, like, talking about therapy and, like, how um, giving people, like, tools for life and, like, how to be vulnerable and like the preview was so good and Jonah Hill's just like so special and it seems like it's going to be very very good and it comes out on November 14th wow that's like three weeks away yeah amazing so soon well we finally got a succession season four trailer and it was longer than I expected I feel like I feel like we got a lot of content we got even some like one-liners. Yeah. And um it said spring 2023, which doesn't feel that far away. We can do it. Yeah. It's literally one season away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess has winter started actually? Well, no. no. <laughs> but we're in Q4. It's one quarter away after Q4. Okay, yeah. Yeah, a quarter. There we go. But yeah, it looked great. Everyone was in top form. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the term new gen Roy's. Mm-hmm. I think it's so good. It's so good. When you think about it, that would really play well in real life PR. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's this problematic institutional family that has all this drama. I guess the the kids have drama themselves, but if they branded themselves that way, like, I could, I would probably be, like... I would be brainwashed into being like, yeah, they're different. They are mm-hmm. woke. They're they're the new Gen Roy's. <laughs> they're like anti all the bad things that their dad was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Lastly, I'll just say I loved the scene with Tom sitting there like in a, like a white shirt, like looking so um, unkept. Like he he looked bad. And, like, asking Shiv if he wanted to talk about what happened. And um, I just I just can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be epic. So excited. Also, exciting trailers. Um, they finally released the trailer for the next season of The Crown, which is going to be dropping on Netflix on November 9th. Looks very intense. Apparently, there's kind of a lot of drama. I mean... Uh, understandably, because we've reached the close to the end of Princess Diana's death. Well, the end of her life, I guess I should say. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, and in, I keep seeing, I feel like all the news sites keep posting it over and over that Judy Dench says that it's like cruel. Because I didn't know she's besties with Camilla Parker Bowles. It's very interesting. Oh, is she? Okay, I, I was mm-hmm. wondering why she was... Like, being such an advocate to, like, get a, like, little thing at the beginning of every episode saying that this is a drama and not real life. 
Yeah. Well, th- I saw something where they were like, oh, close friend of Camilla Parker Bowles, Judy <laughs> Dench, Dame Judy, which is, yeah, I don't know. And she's a dame. So, you know, hmm. you got to feel a little guilty if you've been damed. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very interesting. But it, it's funny because I'm like, okay, Judy, you are giving it more publicity every time you say that. Yes. You're making yes. everyone more intrigued. They never learn. It's that Streisand effect. That's exactly it. Another trailer that was dropped for another show that I st- I'm going to watch it. I know I will enjoy it and love it. The Sex Lives of College Girls season two drops November seventeenth. It's really good, and it you can watch it so fast that even if you didn't start watching it till the week of the week that this drops, you would be fine because I ate it up in like two days. Yeah, I'm excited to have the go- have the girls back. Apparently, the Safdie brothers and Adam Sandler are doing a new film with Netflix. And what's the show where we just saw Safdie? Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. weird, but very. Funny. That is so weird. That's all I really know. Yeah, I saw that um, they're going to start filming early next year, apparently. But I'm excited. Um, I really liked Uncut Gems. And I was really mad that Adam Sandler was snubbed for not even a nomination. Yeah, pretty messed up. Um, I only have one more, and it's that um, <laughs> two Succession stars... Nicholas Braun and Alexander Skarsgård are going to be starring in um, Documentary Now Season 4. Oh, wow. And just the preview clip, I haven't even watched the full thing, but Alexander Skarsgård looks crazy, and it looks very funny. Oh, my gosh. I think I like him better when they try to make him look nuts than things that were, like, trying to make him look sexy. Because I'm like, I... He just kind of like freaks me out. And so I like this, like kind of leaning into the weirdness for mm-hmm. him. It makes me like him more. Yeah. Nicholas Braun also just looks hilarious in it. So, wow. Two very tall uh, kings. Tall kings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or do do short people get to be kings and the tall people, two tall peasants. <laughs> <laughs> two co- tall court jesters, more like for those two. <laughs> Those two specifically, though. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's hilarious. And I didn't actually realize they were, like, making new Documentary Now things. Yeah, I didn't either. Does it say, like, where where is that going to be? I can't remember where it used to be. AMC and IFC. And it's written by John Mulaney. That's all I got. Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. <laughs> Shortest um, news in months. <laughs> but all all very good. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, it's because we were just saving time because our top three <laughs> might turn into <laughs> it own, its own podcast spinoff. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Oh, wow. But the people have been asking. We've just had so many listeners texting us, tweeting us, DMing us. Knocking on our front doors, asking us. Throwing bricks through our windows. Yeah, like, what are your favorite songs off Midnight's? 
And so we have to give the people what we what they want. And this is our podcast, and so we can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And I think it still ties in with streaming television because we both had to log on to Amazon Prime and watch mm-hmm. streaming football on Thursday. And so yes. we had to watch some football in order to get a little teaser trailer of the new Taylor Swift music movies. So I honestly don't think we're breaking any rules anyway. I don't think so either. And honestly, this might be our top listened to podcast if House of the Dragon is as watched as the internet is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just think it'll be fun that you guys have to and get to listen to our favorite top three songs from Midnight's before you get to the juicy good stuff that you probably came here for. Exactly. Um, okay. Top three songs for Midnight's. Jordan, what is your number three? Um, my number three is Karma. Karma is your boyfriend. Karma is a god. Karma is... Lemon barking in your lap. (laughs) Karma. And I love the line, like, Karma is the breeze through my hair on the weekend. Mm. Mm-hmm. I really think, first of all, when the chorus hit, when I first listened, I was like, oh, wow. It just felt like um, pop perfection, um, really like easy to listen to. Like It was so fun, quiet or loud, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really clever spin on car- the concept of karma anyway, because, I mean, the the common thing is like, oh karma's karma's gonna get you it's bad it's like the the villain i mean the phrase every it's like karma's a bitch you know like mm-hmm. which is i think actually clever too because taylor swift is on record of hating that word um and so i like that she turns karma into her friend and is like like just wait long enough and karma's gonna help me and honestly in several ways it really really has <laughs> and um i just I love the concept of it and no one ever talks about good karma really and also the sound of it I love so I think it's I think it's one of those songs that sounds just like can't like bubblegum pop but there's actually like all Taylor Swift like the bubblegum pop there's more to it you know Hmm. yeah I completely agree as soon as it came on I like jumped up especially like when the <laughs> chorus came on and mm-hmm. like got up out of my seat and was dancing and I mean how can you hate that you can't. Sorry. You can't. And yeah, great. I, I like your analyzing because it's true. And that's like the beauty of it is like if you are a good person, like treating people well, and then car- karma will only do good things for you mm-hmm. and shouldn't hurt you. Yeah. Like instead of it's not haunting her, it's, it's no. her friend. It's all these good things. Mm-hmm. cat purring in her lap i just love and i i love the visuals that she says it's just really i just love it it's really fun yeah it's great my number three is also there is a little bit of a disclaimer here because we've only been living with this album for like five days now yes and so there is going to be some flip-flopping and it totally changes on the day yes but today my number three song is Question. And 
This was actually at the bottom of Jordan's list, so I'm excited to tell you why I like it. Here's my pitch to you. Um, I've been pretty deep in like Taylor Swift theory TikTok since these songs came out. And it is very fun because um, this song, well, A, it starts out with, uh, she samples herself from um, Out of the Woods from mm-hmm. 1989, where she says, I remember. And that alone, like, hooks me, and I love it. And then she starts out by seeing, like, good girl, sad boy, and it sounds exactly like a Harry Styles song, um, Keep Driving, where he goes, cocaine, side boob. And I just think it's really fun and really tricky, and whether she meant it or not, I don't know. But it hooks me, and then I just love the whole song. It, like, builds slowly and... As soon as I know every single lyric to it, it's over for everyone. I do. It's it is in the lower half of my album rankings for now because it is true that this top three is kind of just what's been hitting for me in this. We've only had it for what's the date? We've had it for technically three days. Technically, yeah, four days. Um. So these are all. It's really first impressions. Um, but I do really love how it builds. Um, I think the ending is so fun. Um, I do like those theories. I didn't think about the Harry Styles sounds cause it literally does sound exactly like that song. So that is yeah, really, funny. really fun. Especially when the sample is from a song literally about Harry Styles. So that is exactly. like too, it, there's just like no coincidences with her. So I feel like that's intentional. No, there's not. Also, I'm really embarrassed that I tried to sing those lyrics. If you heard that, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. <sighs> well, and it clearly, I mean, you did a good job because I knew exactly what parts you're talking about. You know, <laughs> when someone sings something back and you're like, mm, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> um, so, yeah, honored to for you to have been so vulnerable. Good work. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, My number two... And I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give a disclaimer. Like I, I'm, I'm scolding myself for thinking I should give a disclaimer that my three are like really poppy bops on the album because why should I judge myself for loving poppy bops? You know what I mean? Well, and also the, literally the whole album is poppy bops. So I don't yeah, think true. there needs to be any sort of disclaimer about that at all. It's true because my number two is... I just, I keep coming back to Bejeweled. I'm a Bejeweled head for sure. It sounds glittery. Like literally the song sounds like glitter. And what really hooked me on first listen was um, when she says shimmer, like the way that the word Mm -hmm. shimmer happens, it's just like, okay, well, this was really amazing. And like the harmonies on that word in particular are just freaking cool and I think that this top three reflects that what I was in the mood for all weekend long was blasting these in my room and in my car and like running around and dancing. And that's exactly what I wanted and needed. And I got it. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky that she gave us that. Um, yeah. You know, I was trying to decide if that was my number three or not. So it, it's basically my number four right now. Mm-hmm. And by the time this podcast comes out, we will have a music movie on that song. And I'm very excited because it sounds like it's the one with the Heim sisters. I'm just totally guessing Ooh. here. But from what her post said, 
she said like my sisters so i'm assuming it's them but that and so it would be like her and jack in their marie antoinette wigs and stuff then maybe because they're just wearing a lot of jewels so i i don't know for sure but that would be very adorable um my number two is anti-hero i think it's her best single that she's ever put out basically like it's I'm Mm -hmm. for at least lead single for an album like it's it's so good because it has like everything I want in a Taylor Swift song which is like deep meaningful lyrics while also being a little bit funny and corny but like also sounding so beautiful and also being a pop hit yeah and yeah it literally checks all those boxes like um the lines about the line that says like midnights become my afternoons when my depression hits the graveyard shift all of the people i've ghosted stand there in a room stand there in the room like it's a knife through my heart Mm -hmm. how like it's just like she's just so good at like pinpointing these feelings that you think that are only your feelings and then it's like oh wait this is actually a universal feeling that literally everyone including taylor Allison Swift feels <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll piggyback off because that's my number one. Antihero is my number one, and it really it is rare for whatever's the lead single is never my personal fave on the album. Not like intentionally; it just usually isn't. Like, there's always something else that feels more standout and special to me. Um, but this time it really lines up with like, she just made the right call. Um, I love how many times she's weird in the song. Like I know everyone's talking about sexy baby, this sexy baby that, but like to me, I didn't, I didn't really blink an eye when I heard it. I thought it was funny and it's a moment that is relatable. Sometimes you do feel like an old hag and everyone else is like a young, perfect angel you know and you're the monster on the hill that that just makes sense to me and then she's weird several other times in the song like I I thought the weirder part was when she says she says her daughter-in-law because I was like you don't even have a kid so now you're talking about a (laughs) daughter-in-law and that was just really funny to me and weirder so I'm actually kind of surprised more people aren't being like what that was why did her mind go there like that's very Mm -hmm. strange and um so I don't know I like that it is just kind of like she is she is weird in this song and I really in a way that I feel like I don't know I just feel like that speaks to me the weirdness and it also like when the verse hits the the melody of the verse is like just really um I feel like there's some songs that just like it honestly feels like they are playing the right notes that make you have like a physical reaction to how good it sounds. And that's how I yes. feel when she sings the verse, but and then also the chorus, like I, I just, I can't even really explain it, but that's how I feel about this song. It's just like so good. It's truly perfect. And yeah, I'm with you on the sexy baby line. I screamed when that I first heard that line because I was like, how does she take like this other really specific feeling that I feel almost every single time I'm in a group setting mm-hmm. and write it in a way that like is like so like poetic and hilarious. And and like she does that 
and it fits the rhythm of the song like that is it doesn't make i don't get it it doesn't make sense to me but makes no sense somehow she does it well okay i'm so excited to hear what your number one is um it should be i've talked to you about the song a few times oh wait no yeah i was only (laughs) so i'm i was gonna say i'm surprised no 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 (laughs) well here's the thing i was so stuck in the 13 original tracks that i was like wow i can't think and then oh i'm oh silly silly me (laughs) gotta get to 3 (laughs) a.m you forgot there's a 3 a.m edition with seven other tracks and right now my favorite song is would have could have should have it is truly so good and i'm very close to having all the lyrics down so that's probably like i've spent the most time with that one and um that's like so like, impressive actually thank you a lot it's of words forcing my sister to drive me around <laughs> while i read the lyrics and sing them <laughs> oh my gosh that's so oh that's amazing or like me reading the lyrics as i'm driving and maybe crashing into other people who knows <laughs> well i'm having a flashback to when we were on a road trip to go to reputation tour and most of us actually needed a lot of we needed the lyrics to sing along with our favorite taylor swift karaoke songs (laughs) she just has a lot of words okay she has a lot of words in these songs especially in these like there's a lot of words that she's fitting in these and like but it sounds so beautiful and perfect when she does it and then when i try i'm like wait how does she say that word (laughs) like to make it fit it's so hard well even in karma when she's like Aren't you envious that to you it's not? That is really hard for me to sing along to, and I don't have it down yet. It's good. There's I can't remember which song it's in, but there's one time where she says important, and I'm very specific when I say those word that word to emphasize the T's. But she says important, and like shortens it, and it's really hard for me. But if you don't shorten it, it doesn't fit. So yeah, it's fun. It's like the it's like mountain vibes yeah exactly exactly she's a utah yeah well i was like (laughs) i didn't want to be the one to say it because i'm not a native utah but (laughs) it's the it's a stereotype and you're working to break that stereotype by pronouncing your i literally yeah um the song is one of the three songs that aaron desner produced um that's including the uh, bonus track on the CD hits different um but Jordan at first I was like kind of surprised because this is way more of a poppy song than I've heard from um the Aaron Taylor collaboration um but the beginning sounds just like a national song and which automatically hooks me and then it turns into like a pop perfection song so it's just like all the things I could ever want in the song and also the theme of the song in general is just like uh, heartbreaking and um, the lyrics. Some of my favorite lyrics are memories like memories feel like weapons. And then she, something she repeats multiple times is I regret you all the time. And like I just like scream, scream the lines because ouch, ouch, ouch. It mm-hmm. hurts so good, which is another line she talks about is like I heard um the pain felt like heaven or something. I can't remember exactly yeah. the words, but it's just the whole thing. It's so beautifully said and sad and 
it feels like a very special song for the true diehard Swifties. And I think that is also special. Well, and it is so interesting that she has line. It's a very accusatory song, but she still has lines like the pain felt like heaven. Like mm-hmm. it's still, she just has gotten so complex with how she writes about emotions compared to young Taylor, which like, her way with words has always been amazing. And so she did that amazingly when she was really young. But now she's also exploring like the times when she she takes accountability more often. Yeah. Even in a song where she's like, you're the devil. <laughs> like she literally <laughs> calls him the devil. Um, or implies he that he's not the be devil. Named. <laughs> it's complicated. Uh. Well, you know what I said? I said last night in the presence of both John Mayer fans and haters. (laughs) I really think that he's a different person now and that most of it is that he's now sober. Yes, 100%. And you can also still appreciate that and also have no excuse for how he used to treat women because she's not, Taylor Swift's not the only victim of him, you know, Mm -hmm. of being mistreated. So I think that that both things can be true. But I agree. Yeah. But as I said to Taylor, I was like, well, um, I guess we can throw any sign of John showing up on Speak Now Taylor's version out the window because this is a I mean, as far as we know, this is a new song. She didn't write this back when this when it happened. It's like this is no, she's been new. very specific saying that like none of these were written back then. Like these are all. Brand yeah. New songs. OK. Yeah. So, Yeah. But the song is killer. It is, I feel like it's different. It's very different, different for Aaron Dessner in a way and, and different for Taylor. Yes. Yeah. I just made this connection. Um, It's funny to think about how Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff basically made this album while their two partners were together filming a movie in a different country, Margaret Qualley and Joe Alwyn. Um, it'll just be really funny and interesting to compare and see whose art is better. And I know that their movie uh, that they've made together already premiered at like con or something and did not get very good reviews, <laughs> but we owe our lives to that movie for this album. Yeah, truly. Um, are we done? Do we move on to the actual yeah. theme yeah, of this podcast let's move on well what we the transition can be um that tv time comment you saw on the tv time message oh board my gosh yes House of the let Dragon. me read it <laughs> um so that there is a taylor swift song on her new album called vigilante shit and in it, it says, I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. I don't start shit, but I can tell you how it ends. Don't get sad. Get even. So on the weekends, I don't dress for friends. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. And then they said, go get them, Renera. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the picture's so good because it's that still of, like, she's already in, like, that, like, high neck, all black dress and like flames behind her like mm-hmm. yeah she's ready to get revenge she is when she's on her vigilante shit it's so good 
Um, overall, House of the Dragon, how did you feel? And you can compare it to Game of Thrones and how you first felt about that. If you want. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching this. I looked forward to watching it every single week, which is kind of rare for me these days. I'm very much in binge mode. Um, but I loved watching this. Um, and it, it reminded me too of like, I loved watching Game of Thrones too. And so I really liked them both equally. It'll be really interesting to see future seasons of this, if that changes. And I like, I really strongly prefer one or the other. Something I really liked about this is that it made me appreciate like the lore of Game of Thrones, which honestly I didn't really care that much about. It wasn't why I liked Game of Thrones and it wasn't something that I really paid that close attention to, like the long histories of the families. But seeing this, it was like fascinating to me and um, like kind of the downfall, like this family, the Targaryens are number one in charge Obviously, they're on the throne, but also, like, they have all these dragons there in charge. And so in Game of Thrones, to see, like, they're, like, scraping by, kind of, you know, and, like, dragons are kind of mythical to the people then. So I just, I liked seeing those kinds of differences. I thought that was really cool. I found myself way more into House of the Dragon quicker than I did Game of Thrones. But I don't know if that's because I have the Game of Thrones background. Mm, Um, Yeah. And when I started Game of Thrones, it had already been on for like six seasons, seven seasons. I don't even remember. And I know we mention this almost every time this happens, but like I just I love watching a show week to week with like the general population where it's like we can discuss it every episode and Mm -hmm. break it down. Like you get the the memes. Yeah. And just, like, the discourse of it all is so fun and just feels like a community and, like, a warm little hug, even (laughs) though this show is anything but that. I mean, there's fire. There is fire. It's It's true. It is warm. (laughs) Um, But, like, I also... Something I really, really enjoyed about this show um, is it is, like, so beautiful. Like, the cinematography Mm. and all of the... Um, all the like shots are like stunning. Like every shot is artistic where I don't, I definitely don't think we got that in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I mean, Game right. of Thrones started so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't but, as much of a priority like it is no, now. No, it wasn't. But this one it's like, and like the costumes are impeccable. Mm-hmm. Like every detail is just like stunning. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess that's been another reason I really enjoyed the show. 90% of the hair <laughs> looks great. <laughs> another, I think, um, improvement of in House of the Dragon is how there's so... You can definitely tell women are involved with making the show. And you could definitely tell women were not involved with making Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And I, you can just really, really tell. And there are some really amazing female characters on Game of Thrones... But I think just like the general feeling of the female perspective is very different on House of the Dragon, I think. I completely agree. And I especially felt that in the finale. Um, Just like the overall, like, it's not even spoken necessarily. It's just like the 
unspoken feeling you get and like thematic elements of like female friendship and like sisterhood and like um also like power and how women can yield power without being um without like murder and like being terrible (laughs) and dishonest Mm -hmm. and I think that that's being done so beautifully and like I feel like I haven't seen that in a show so like I really love it Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that is like you're saying the unspoken things that get that across it's like because the acting is so good too Mm mm-hmm yes yeah it's it's really good I'm really excited to keep watching it basically I think it's gonna be hopefully just go up from here um I mean I think we both know that show wasn't it wasn't flawless if you could change a couple things what were what would be some of your changes you'd make preferences wow good question Something we've talked about uh, briefly while talking about House of the Dragon is the aging aspect, which I think a lot of people have talked about on the internet. And it's -hmm. just part of the discourse because we got new actors playing the same people every couple episodes. And I like the idea. I think it's a really interesting and cool idea. I just think it was executed a little poorly. Um I find it really weird that a lot of the men never had to age, but the women did. And like Mm. the way that the women aged didn't even feel like they were aging age appropriately. Um, And then a lot of times it just felt like extremely confusing because the way they were aged did not make sense. For example, um, like Queen Allison's boys, Aegon and Eyepatch. (laughs) Right. Like, Eyepatch, the way that he is aged in the end and ends up is, like, he looks as old as Damon, and Mm -hmm. Aegon looks, like, 10 years younger than him. And I just, it's really weird, and I think they should have been flip-flopped. Yeah, it's very inconsistent. I I think the aging that maybe I thought was the most silly was how... Viserys the king and he is supposed to be sick so it's like I get that he's not supposed to like I don't know he's supposed to look like worse than everybody because he's in doing so poorly health wise but like he looks a 100 or older than 100 and Matt Smith his brother looks 30 like the whole time like they should have at least they should have given Matt Smith aka Damon they should have aged him up a little bit as it goes on because I kind of want to see like the true age difference between him and Rhaenyra, you know, which like it's very obvious in the first half of the season and the second half. It's not so obvious, you know, like, I know they look like this. They're the same age. Yeah, they really do. Um, and it is, I mean, you bring up an interesting point that it, they, the, outside of Viserys, they don't age up a single male character. So that is interesting and I don't I can't put my finger on exactly why that's offensive but it is <laughs> um, it feels like it's kind of offensive in the opposite way but yeah. I also think it's because they are like they had to st- the younger girls were like they were sexualizing they had they had to be able to sexualize them in an appropriate age 
mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I mean, I guess in a way it does do that effectively because um, I don't think it's a spoiler that in the first half of the season, the two main girls, they are forced into because that's how like society works in those like kind of medieval ways they have to like basically try and get married when they're like 14 ish range and so it makes you're like ew this is gross and so that's effective even like um Kristen cole for example they could have given him like a beard like something to show the passage of time because he He looked honestly (laughs) like he was getting younger by the second it's like he was getting hotter and more we, psychotic truly like we we know he's so beautiful i kind of would have liked to see him like start to like almost descend into this like sociopath behavior more like kind of yeah, look kind a of, little like, more himself. yeah like look a little more visibly kind of deranged but he just looked like oh i just came off the photo shoot i look <laughs> stunningly gorgeous like it felt Give really him. conflicting. It was, yeah. Like, he almost was a little too hot, honestly, for the show. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially for his character. But, I mean, I guess I also kind of like when, like, the hottest person actually is the worst person, you know? I mean, and literally almost every single character is the worst on this show. True, true. In g- true Game of Thrones fashion. But, yes. Um, it is funny and when the f- show first started, I talked about this with a lot of people. Um, I was like truly torn and confused on if Damon was supposed to be like considered like hot to people <laughs> um, because I found him to be atrocious looking. <laughs> and I got my answer when I saw this. I saw that a lot of people like were s- the internet specifically. <laughs> was like kind of taking a turn on Damon and finding him like more and more attractive. And this article Mm -hmm. from the Hollywood reporter said like hot D producer (laughs) um, baffled that Damon has become an internet boyfriend. So I was like kind of relieved to hear that like people who were working on the show were not trying to make him like hot. Like he wasn't supposed to be like a hottie for us. So I was relieved by that, and now I feel fine about it. Yeah, I was just, just like genuinely spiraling. curious. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like obviously we were supposed to have the hots for Jon Snow, and it felt like confusing to me that there wasn't really any characters that we were supposed to like be torn by because of their attractiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Kristen Cole, I guess he really is like he became that, but. Yeah, he just doesn't really have any redeeming qualities at all. That's funny that you say that because my notes from last night's episode, it says, Damon has no good qualities. <laughs> Literally, I'm We're reading that off page. of my notes. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, my last thing that I wanted to say that I did feel like could have been handled a little bit differently is the birth trauma of it all. Like, there are three mm-hmm. very traumatic birth scenes and I... Four? I think there's even four. four. Because You're right. Yeah. Th- I think there's four. Some of them are more traumatic than others, but all of them are putting a woman through it big time. Yeah. And, like, at first, I was like, yikes. And then I read this article that was talking about how, like, well, like, birth really would be that traumatic back in the day where, like, there's literally yeah. nothing you can do other than 
whatever's happening down there happens. Um, so I, I thought that was a good perspective. But in the end, it did feel like they ha- they were showing like more than they definitely needed to show, just like for the sake of being graphic. And I didn't mm-hmm. love that. And I did feel like they maybe should have, <laughs> similar to um, Judy Dench thinking there should be like a thing at the beginning <laughs> of the Crown episode saying it's a drama. I think they should be warnings at the beginning of the episodes about like birth trauma because like that's something that people really if I had even ever thought about having a baby that would probably be traumatic for me and really hard for me to watch and I would have liked to at least been a little bit prepared there's so many people that are dealing with like infertility issues or name like you name it like daily like people like someone's going through that daily and if they're watching Mm -hmm. this like and the, and we felt like this, like, I can't imagine how horrible that would be to watch that if you've had any sort of birth-related trauma. Yeah. It would be a nightmare. Truly. So, honestly, if you, if that applies to you, I think you could skip those scenes, really, and find out what happens, what the result is, you know? Yeah, it's true. That would be my and recommendation. Also- even on some of them, I didn't even understand what the result was and had to re- rewind and rewatch scenes like three times because I was confused. That is so true. And that that brings me to maybe another uh, correction I would make would be, and, and I kind of forgot about it because I think the last two episodes were so amazing that um, frequently throughout the season, I would have no idea that something hugely important had just happened until the end of the episode featurette from the creators mm-hmm. and i would be like oh cool <laughs> i didn't know that a whole plot just happened and i had no clue because they it like relied on a lot of context clues that i don't think were very clear so i don't know it happened like several times to me and i felt like i wasn't completely distracted watching the show you know so Mm -hmm. i feel like um sometimes like i'm very i'm very pro show don't tell but sometimes i do need you to tell if (laughs) if you're not showing it clearly enough yeah i'm very uh if you're gonna watch the show or you have watched the show and didn't watch the after credits commentary you should definitely go back and watch them because i feel like i learned so much from them Mm um and but yeah, I agree. There were a lot of things where like in the commentary, they would be like, yeah, we tried to make it so obvious that there wouldn't even be a question about whether this happened or not. And it's like, missed it. You didn't, you didn't do your job. So <laughs> that went straight over my head, like didn't even bat an eye at it. So, but it is kind of fun. Um, It feels like a little bit <laughs> like uh, watching a Taylor Swift music video with like (laughs) easter eggs (laughs) but like instead of easter eggs it's like really just like names of people from game of thrones like every time they say the starks it's like i get a little giddy and like yeah um all any kind of like storylines or like putting stuff together it's like really rewarding and just like the easter eggs are fun and Mm -hmm. Like, I think that someone who has never watched Game of Thrones could would still enjoy this and understand it. Um, but it's fun as a Game of Thrones viewer. 
And I'm sure it's even more fun as someone who's read the book. And it's fun to have people around me who have read the book so I can like ask them questions. But I've also tried very hard to like stay away from spoilers, even though technically people know how this ends because there is a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and because like Game of Thrones actually says things that apparently spoil House of the Dragon because of history. Um, so it's hard because I'm like so tempted to go back and watch Game of Thrones now. But I also don't want to because I really kind of like the mystery of House of the Dragon. It's really, really tough, but really fun. Yeah, I think I I would say watch Game of Thrones first, especially because whatever lines are in there about characters in House of the Dragon, you're not going to remember it by no. the time you watch House of the Dragon. There's 50,000 characters and they all have long syllable names like you're just like it will be meaningless to you and honestly I think that if I were to rewatch it I think my ears would perk up for certain things but they don't they're not going to explain how the things like led up to things that happened too so it's true it might be a safe space still who knows it's a risk though it's a risk and so many people share the same names which yes is a big plot plot in house of the dragon but like even if they were talking about someone in game of thrones you probably still wouldn't even know who they technically were talking about unless you had like a family chart out with like time lines and stuff something else i really liked about this first season is that it's honestly just a lot of build-up and setting the scene and like yeah but the tension and like the politics and the family drama of it all is like so good like in game of thrones it's like almost every season there's like a battle or something that it's like building up to Mm -hmm. and that kind of doesn't really happen in this first season and some people might not like that but i really really enjoyed it because i felt like it really like i was able to like understand everything that's actually going on and like um. Yeah, just like the buildup and the tension was so um, palpable that every episode I was just like so in it. Mm-hmm. I agree because those are my favorite parts of Game of Thrones is when it's more about like the strategy and how do we get this family to be on our side and you have mm-hmm. to marry this person even though you don't want to like <laughs> and like the scheming and the mind games kind of part of it more than I think there's like two battles in Game of Thrones that I remember and loved like I want to see the characters I want to see the actors acting more than doing action scenes and that's really what we get from this season yeah so good um I will say even though we don't get a big battle scene similarly to in game of thrones where there's like a full episode where the whole thing happens on like a black screen and you can barely see anything (laughs) you do get that in house of the dragon too so (laughs) that's yeah that's another uh, request i have yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i do feel like we have we can't not um close out this episode without giving props to all of the incredible actors because of the like aging and like new actors coming in every few episodes. I thought even though like age wise, I kind of struggled with like understanding who was who 
and kind of felt like they could have done a better a better job at like placing people and like timelines um i was never really taken aback by um any of the actors being bad like mm-hmm. even if they were only in one episode it was like pretty astonishing that they were able to like um seamlessly fit in and like not feel out of place and like still had chemistry with the correct um people honestly there was like only one character that i was like kind of distracted by their (laughs) bad acting and it was um david tennant's son (laughs) playing a um aegon (laughs) not the call out (laughs) makes me laugh i couldn't help myself just a nepo baby not living up to the um the pressure yeah oh gosh hmm. um but the actor actresses that play um Alicent and Renera, the younger versions and the older versions are truly so 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 good and like you know it like it was like actually devastating when we were like when they aged them mm-hmm. older and that's saying a lot because I for one and I know Jordan was too. We are Olivia Cook stands. Like we have been, have been so for excited years. about this show yes. because of Olivia Cook. Which also, I'm sorry, it's so shocking to me that so many people didn't know who she was. It's a, it's honestly like you're um uneducated. If you you're uncultured, House of the Dragon, and you didn't know Olivia Cook until now, we have homework for you. Please go watch Thoroughbreds and please go watch Meet Earl and the Dying Girl. And anything else? Yeah. She's in freaking um, Sound of Metal. And I'm like, everyone oh, saw yeah. Sound of Metal. You didn't know that was her, ladies? <laughs> Why did hey, I say yeah. ladies? I don't know. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And gentlemen. Come on. Also, oh, yeah. she dated my boyfriend. <laughs> <sighs> Another underrated person, Christopher Abbott. Yes. Yes. Which, interesting couple. I always think they're, I mean, no longer couple. They but. honestly were too hot for this world to handle, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of glad they broke up. Wow. So, yeah. But Olivia Cook, she's finally, finally taking over. Yes. To go back to what you were saying, it it does say a lot at how much we grew to love the other three because of we went in loving Olivia Cook already, who knocked it out mm-hmm. of the park, not surprising anyone who knew. Like she was amazing, and the rest yeah. of them, pff, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how good they were. They were amazing, all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girl power of the show really hooked me, mm-hmm. and just <laughs> dragon lady girl bosses, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, something that's interesting is that it's like the show they do it perfectly, where it's like. It's about women and it's not like they're rewriting history and like they're showing it as it was. These women get screwed over constantly, no matter how, no matter what their status is, you know, like mm-hmm. every single one from the first episode when you meet Princess Who's also an icon. When she gets passed over in like episode one for the crown, it's like, I don't know. So it's like we're seeing the like they're they're being real about how women were treated even powerful royal women but we're seeing i feel like we just get more of their perspectives on how they're treated instead Mm -hmm. of 
um, some parts of Game of Thrones where you don't really get that as much. And it's very powerful. It is very, very powerful. One of my, actually my very first note I have when I started watching this show is uh, I would like to see this show, but where women are superior and automatically in line to receive the throne and people are mad when they give the birth right to the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would love to see it. Could be fun. Do a spinoff where it's the opposite. Well, it's, but well, it would have been totally it. solved. Everything would have been solved if they had just given. That's queen. true. There wouldn't even be a story. It no, would have just if, been too perfect. If you given what's her name, the throne, because like even when you have a good like a good person like Viserys is not a bad person he's like naive you know and like she mm-hmm. wouldn't have been like that she would have been good because no. you either have Damon who's freaking scary you don't want him to be king Viserys who's kind of like a wet blanket like a nice wet blanket but you know but maybe those kind of men wouldn't even exist if women were in power you know yeah and it's just kind of funny to me that like you have this fake fantasy world. Why would you make it so close to what our real world is like? <laughs> oh, no. That's so true and so dark. Ah. Hmm. Really Ugh. gives you a lot to think about. Truly. Um. All right. To close it out, Jordan, who's your crush of the week? Um. I'm giving my crush to Emma Darcy um same yeah i think i think part of it is like like we've established we knew that olivia cook was gonna crush it and i had not seen emma darcy in anything and so Mm -hmm. i didn't know how they were gonna do and uh uh perfectly wow literally perfectly um stunningly shall i say oh stunning (laughs) (laughs) thank you for getting my joke um yeah i every episode like they do so much non-verbal acting it's amazing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um honestly now that i'm saying that i think part of it or something that it reminds me of the first time i saw um jennifer lawrence in the hunger games where a lot of it she's not talking because she's just alone in the woods and you're like but i know what she's thinking and i know Mm -hmm. what she's worried about right now and that's kind of how i felt kind of watching Emma Darcy reacting to people or saying something, but clearly thinking something else. Or even just like the pinky of the final episode, like the pinky caressing someone's hand, her son's hand. Like I, it, that alone like spoke a thousand words. Like it was like mm-hmm. so moving and touching. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing the like these characters are mothers and sometimes it was confusing because the sons their sons would age and they still look as young as ever but the acting was so good that i really felt motherly vibes between Rhaenyra and the sons like it was really moving i really really felt true emotion um even though like I don't know. I don't on on paper. I didn't. I cared more about these the older characters than like the sons and the kids. But I really started to feel genuine emotion, and it was really, really kind of beautiful. Yeah, um, Emma knocked it out of the park, and um, 
like truly was astonishing and like the acting is an a plus for me big time okay well there you have it how's hot d And we have to sadly probably wait until what people are saying is 2024 until season two, which is kind of depressing to think about. (sighs) It is really sad. So we shall see. I would rewatch this season, but there's so many things that maybe I don't even want to see again because they're like rip your heart out. (laughs) Like really intense things. And, um, but yeah, wow. Was it good? And I, I mean, I've, I was kind of skeptical of it, like a prequel, you know, but wow, was Mm -hmm. it good. So good. Yeah. I'd give it an A. I give it an A also. All right. Well, thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.